0: You're listening to the Astro Backyard Podcast. Capture the night sky. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Astro Backyard Podcast. My name is Trevor Jones from AstroBackyard.com. My name's
1: Steve Malia from OntarioTelescope.com.
0: Uh, so today, the uh, on the agenda is to talk about some astrophotography filters. Uh, We're going to talk about a few different types, the clip-in versions for DSLR cameras and then the the threaded versions, both uh, inch and a quarter and two inch uh, for visual use as well. And there's a lot to choose from and uh, it's something I get asked a lot um, from my YouTube channel. I get a lot of emails asking about which filters to buy because some of them can be a little expensive so you want to make sure you get the right one for your specific imaging conditions.
1: I get a lot of uh, questions as well. Uh, which filter do I use for my camera? Um, I'm just using uh, eyepieces, but I want to be able to see things more clear. Or there's a, a, a nebula that it's hard to see without any type of filtering. Uh, which filter is best to use? Um, so th- there's lots of options that are out there. Uh, you know, Trevor, you mentioned about DSLR cameras, um, and there's filters that are specifically for DSLRs. Most popular one out in the market, has got to be the Canon cameras, especially the APC. And there's filters that will literally clip right into the body of the camera and it's there. You never have to pull it out. You don't have to worry about swapping it. Um, You always know that you're going to have some kind of filter within your camera, the most popular one being a light pollution filter. And even with the light pollution filters, there's different options available, depending on a camera that you have or if you've modified it or not. And then there's other options, such as a hydrogen alpha clip and filter. Um, you have one of those, don't you?
0: I do. That was the first narrowband filter I went for was the HA, hydrogen alpha. And uh, if you're going to dive into the narrowband world, uh, HA is, like, is probably the, the best first choice to get into. You can really get a lot of extra detail in a uh, in mission nebulae by using a, an HA filter.
1: And, and but you can, uh, so, so you can use that filter when there's a full moon as well. Full moon, so, yeah. So you can Im- image all month long as long as you have a clear sky. You don't have to wait for those dark nights in that one one weekend and uh, where the moon's going to be gone. And That's
0: it. You, you double your imaging time, which is, uh, you know, for better or for worse, you'll be out twice as much knowing that uh, you can still image with a full moon out.
1: Th- that in itself is... Uh, <laughs>
0: That's worth, pretty incredible.
1: Worth the price of admission. That's the, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, because I just actually picked up a, a clip-in hydrogen alpha filter, too, and I'm right. just waiting to try it out. It's been so busy lately, um, and uh, uh, we've had some clear clear skies. Even though it's been full moon, I should still be able to use it. Um, but uh, the clip-in filters, uh, for anyone who has a DSLR, is definitely something to look at. Uh, and you've been using a few, you've been testing out a few yourself, haven't you?
0: That's right, yeah. I've, I've, I've used a few clip-in filters now for my uh, Canon T3i. So that crop sensor is a very popular uh, DSLR Astro camera. Uh, and the clip-in filters are so convenient because you can pop them in and out so, so quickly. So you can switch from, you've got an HA clip-in filter in there, pop it out. Uh, for when there's no moon and get the just the light pollution filter in there to capture your color images Uh, and then of course the fact that you can screw a camera lens on there you don't have to be using shooting through your telescope so um, if you're shooting in the city like i am you're pretty much always going to have some sort of light pollution filter in there so it kind of just stays in the camera you don't even think about it that's why i really like those clip-in filters
1: yeah the the, uh, so the there's one filter that I've been I've been playing with because uh, I have a modified camera like yourself DSLR yep. um, from Skytech it, the CLS CCD and CLS stands for city light suppression and the CCD is referring to the style of filter that's needed for a modified camera and this particular can't filter uh, like its uh, cousin filter just the CLS city light suppression will filter out um, the sky glow and and the city lights that are common from red sodium type lighting. Um, And with the CCD version, uh, it will also block out ultraviolet light because you no longer have that filter in front of your, your APC sensor in the camera. And it'll also filter out IR because again, you have no longer have that stock filter in front of the sensor in your camera unlike just the CLS filters, if you have a non-modified camera, that's the filter to go with because it just has IR. um, You'll still be taking advantage of the the filter that's in front of your um, camera sensor. So uh, what what I've done, and I I was quite amazed with it, I I put it up on a a Ioptron SkyTracker in my backyard and just pointed it up towards Cygnus.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, I'm sure you've, You've seen something like this, too, Starting to capture in the Milky Way.
0: It's unbelievable. It's almost like you're seeing it for the first time, uh, just getting it, pulling it out of the city like that. It's just, uh, it's something you, you never expect to see that kind of detail through all the light pollution, but that's the power of these filters.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it's quite amazing. Um, so, you, you've had some good success with filters, uh, but what about, what about for just regular cameras uh like the hypercam 183c camera yeah that has a two inch nose piece so you can get similar filters that will screw directly into the nose piece of that of that camera and and i sent you a couple to try out i sent you from bader um Mm -hmm. and you've been having some good success with it and uh you've been posting those images on your uh on your blog as well from what i saw (laughs)
0: Yeah, so my favorite one so far that really impressed me was the Bader Moon and Skyglo filter. It's uh, the most important thing about that one is that although it's cutting out that city light pollution, it's preserving the natural star colors and background sky. It's not turning everything uh, with. It's not creating a red hue over the entire image. It actually preserves those natural colors, which is sometimes hard to do when, when you're using a harsh filter. So this one seems to be just enough to to cut out that city glow and to remove gradients from the image, but also to keep the the natural colors of the object. So that's useful if you're just shooting an RGB full-color, true-color version of the image, or if you're using it to shoot the true color and then add narrowband data afterwards.
1: Right. And with that particular filter, it also has IR blocking, so you won't be getting the star bloat uh, from the surrounding stars. Uh, or that haloing effect uh, exactly. that, that's common with um, uh, with capture with well, I, I guess you gotta kind of call it IR light pollution in a way. You've that's probably, right. You can't see it, so it blocks it out. So in, with um, any type of camera, um, astronomy camera that doesn't have any type of uh, um, IR filtering on it um, in the camera in the protect window this is an excellent filter to, to give you that IR blocking and then also help enhance the images um, and the data that you're, that you're capturing. So we, you know, but you know, I'm sure there's people out there listening saying, okay, well I don't have a Canon camera and I don't have a dedicated astronomy camera. I have a, I have a Nikon. And for those people that have Nikon cameras, there is still hope for for you guys. <laughs> um, uh, Nikon is, probably the second most popular camera within astronomy. Um, And the reason for that, uh, from what I can tell, is uh, Canon has released their uh, API uh, to to developers to create software to control it. Nikon has done it as well. Um, So a lot of astronomy uh, programs out there, uh, like Astrophotography Tools, now going to be supporting Nikon, um, will control these cameras. Um, So there are clip and filters for Nikon. But because Nikon has several different styles, there is, from what I've seen, four different types of clip-in filters, even for an APC sensor. So it's a matter of knowing which camera you have, which you probably do since you bought the camera, and then um, calling up your astronomy dealer and saying, hey, I have this uh, camera and I need a filter for it. And IDAS, I-D-A-S, which is sold through HueTech out in California, and we're a an IDIS filter dealer as well. Um, They make clip-in filters specifically for Nikon. So again, you can just grab that filter, pop it in or clip it in, put in your your telephoto lens or your wide-angle lens or put it onto your telescope and use your Nikon DSLR uh, for imaging um, as well. Uh, And and you can get that also for hydrogen alpha um, uh, as a hydrogen alpha clip-in filter. And... You know what, Trevor? I forgot to mention, right? People that have modified their cameras, you mm-hmm. can buy a clip and filters to put back into your camera that will allow you to use your camera through as it was from the first time you bought it. So you can right. put it back the way it was. So it's uh, that's a
0: nice option. There's a lot of yeah. people that just have the one camera for for they use it for their daytime photography and their astrophotography. I was in that boat for a long time. Yeah.
1: So, um. You know, then there's people that have mono cameras as well. I don't have a mono camera. Um, So when you have a mono camera, filters are going to be your best friend. And it's either going to be an LRGB filter type, well, luminance red, green, blue filter. So you can get your your colors. Um, And then do your narrow band. So your O3, your S2, and your hydrogen alpha. Those are the three most popular. And uh, you can either be there every night and switch out each filter manually. Or you can use a filter wheel, so you have everything set up, ready to go. You don't have to touch your camera at all. You just have to change the position of your filter wheel to bring in a new filter. And there's a a few different options that exist for that. You can have a manual filter wheel. Um, You can have a motorized filter wheel, so you can just send it a command, and it will automatically change uh, the filter for you. Um, And then there's also dedicated filter wheels, which are usually part of more expensive, more robust camera systems, like something from SBIG, they're 8300 um, STX or STF, STF, that's STX for filter, Um, or QSI or or as such. They have filter wheels that are dedicated for those cameras where they will then uh, be integral to the entire control package. and what's nice about the motorized filter wheels as well is that you can set up your imaging run and let it go and tell it how, how many images you want per filter, have it take its images, uh, switch to the next filter. If you have a motorized f- focuser, you can even have it uh, refocus on every filter change. Um, and if you have a, a full full-blown automated observatory or that's where you want to go, uh, you can let it this run throughout the night while you uh, capture the data wake up in the morning and see what you got what's really cool too is you can get a dark filter
0: right for taking darks
1: yep so you just have it go to the to the dark let it take its dark filters and uh, start of dark images and and uh, capture that also which is which is a pretty cool cool feature perfect um, but uh. Yeah, so it, you know, it's, there's lots of options come to filters. The um, uh, what what's been your latest project, Trevor? What filters have you been using?
0: So the latest project, um, actually, the image I just finished recently. I actually went to a, a dark sky site. I was out camping, and I actually used the Ida's uh, light pollution suppression filter uh, because it was so dark. I just wanted to cut out that minimal amount of uh, Minimal amount of light pollution there, but I wanted the natural colors. And I shot the Andromeda Galaxy. Uh, and it's because it's quite large, I needed a, 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 a wide field of view. So I used the uh, William Optics Zenith Star 61 Apol, and that was riding on the iOptron Skyguider Pro. And uh, so I was shooting some three-minute exposures uh, with no auto-guiding uh, because that iOptron is so solid with just a polar alignment.
1: Were, were you able to frame in all of Andromeda with with that 61 millimeter?
0: Yep, yep, yep. Totally, totally within the field of view and, and then some. Uh, it's it's a great focal length. I think it's around, so the focal length of the scope is 360, but then with that crop sensor DSLR, it's uh, 1.6, so it brought me to about 570, which, which is a great focal length for Andromeda.
1: Yeah. Then, uh, and Andromeda is a good good target for anyone who's also just starting out. Um, it's big. It's easy to find. Um, you, you don't need to have any real specialized equipment to, to capture and, it, just even and, with uh, a 200-millimeter a zoom lens and a DSLR camera, um, and away you go.
0: That's right. It's so bright. It's, like you said, easy to find, so satisfying because that core shows up right away. Even if you're just doing a, a, like a wide-angle camera lens shot, like you mentioned, even wider than 200 millimeters, you'll see the, uh, the, the galaxy shape there, and it's, it's pretty exciting. And it's one of those targets where you can just keep keep adding more and more time to, and you'll see that core grow into the, eventually the spiral arms, and uh, it's an incredible target. And right now it's, it's rising in the east uh, so you can kind of capture in, you know, hours, a few hours before doing a meridian flip or anything, and uh, it's just in a, in a prime position right now.
1: Yeah, that was, that was probably my first deep sky object that I think I had any satisfaction with. And I remember I did, I think, three-minute exposures. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even do many of them because I was just so excited I that I was getting data and things were working that night. Yeah, um, I think I took 10 three minute exposures and I, and I, um, and a few darks and I stacked them up and I was really, really happy with the result. A little bit of tweaking in, uh, in Photoshop with it just to put the famous, um, S curve. Yeah. Photography S curve. And I got that from one of your, one of your, uh, tutorials. Um, and, uh, um, it kind of popped and I keep that on my iPhone and I, I show it to people that have have no interest in astronomy. I'm like, wow, what kind of telescope do you have for that? And they don't believe me that it was caught with just a, a 200 millimeter lens and um, and a regular DSLR camera. That it wasn't even modified. So it, it just goes to show what you right. can do with with, with just a camera on its own. And when you add in a um, a, a light pollution filter, then the, the, it just the possibilities from that point are endless.
0: Yeah, there aren't many galaxies uh, that are as satisfying as that one. Definitely not as large. I mean, uh, the Triangulum M33 is is large too, but it's much more dim. Andromeda is just massive and it's it's kind of it's it has an iconic look about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, you know, one of the filters that Trevor's been shooting with uh, has been a SkyTech filter. Um and there are three SkyTech filters that are available for Canon cameras. I mentioned the CLS, the CLS CCD, right? So the CLS is for non modified cameras, and the CLS CCD is for modified cameras. And then there's the last one, which is the L Pro. And the L Pro is not as aggressive um, as the CCD, sort of CLS filters are. They let in more light. So this filter is really good for using it with Nightscape photography so you're using the skyguider pro you're using a, a sky tracker um for those of you that have a uh the older sky tracker or the star adventure um from SkyWatcher, uh or a similar type of tracking mount or even if you're just putting your camera on top of your telescope with that's on an eq mount and you're shooting at the same time um that you're imaging through your telescope uh, the L-Pro filter is a really good option because it will bring in more light and it will allow you to capture a lot more natural colors, uh, star colors um, in, a, in a wide field uh, type of image. Um, they're a little bit more expensive, but they're uh, definitely worth the worth the money. Um, but for anyone who's looking to get a SkyTech filter for their Canon camera, um, if you go to OntarioTelescope.com, And at checkout, you enter in Skytech, S-K-Y-T-E-C-H. At checkout, you can get 10% off a CLS filter or a CLS CCD filter um, at at checkout. And that's for the month of uh, September. Um, And this is just a bit of a test to see how many people are are listening to our new new podcast. Um, uh, So if you're listening and you need a filter, uh, uh, that's our thank you. Uh, to you, well, my thank you, at least. Um, awesome. So the uh, uh, that that's something my little gift to the world. What uh um, what else do we need to uh, do? We want to cover off on filters. Like, what's that one one thing that I think everybody needs to know at least with a okay.
0: filter? Okay. So that SkyTech CLS CCD filter is Definitely my favorite clip-in filter for the DSLR right now. It's my go-to deep sky filter, and that's because it creates such an excellent contrast between your deep sky object and the background sky. So let's say when I started using this filter, the first thing I shot was the Omega Nebula uh, or the Swan Nebula M17, and I've never seen... In a single three-minute exposure, such a de- defined shape of the object, through all the like the heavy light pollution. Like I, as many of you know, I'm 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 in a red zone, but these images, each individual frame, like it just just jumped out at you the shape of this nebula from a from a dark sky, and uh, so that doesn't come without its drawbacks though. So say I just used that data, stacked it all together, brought it into Photoshop. And started balancing the image. Overall, the, the stars have like a kind of a red tinge to it because it's just filtering filtering out so much of that blue white light from the city. So it's great for capturing the shape and structure of say a nebula, but it's also filtering out some of that natural star color. So you have two options at that point. You can either go in and fix those colors in Photoshop by doing um, like a select color range, uh, selecting just those stars that were affected, and then adjusting them independently from the rest of the image. Or you can combine it with images shot through a less harsh filter, such as the L-Pro, and combine the two together so you kind of get the best of both worlds, that ultra contrast and detail uh, from the CLS-CCD and then the natural colors from the the L-Pro. Uh, and then when you combine the two together you get some some amazing images uh, that i i n- definitely never thought were possible from the city i thought something like that would you would just need to get to dark skies but uh, it turns out with uh, when you know what you're doing with the filters you can rival you can rival uh, dark sky shots from the city
1: that's quite quite amazing when you think about it you don't have to go and drive for two hours and be up till three o'clock in the morning to worry about having to drive home.
0: That's um, right. I, I mean I love traveling to dark sky sites and I still always will, but I just can't do it every night. I definitely can't do it on a on a Wednesday night when I work in the morning. <laughs> no,
1: no. And, and then when you're gonna then if you plan your vacation around that that one week where you know it's going to be dark, there's going to be no moon, and you're going to go and, and do that on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. you'll get clouded yeah oh yeah <laughs> without fail. because that, that's what's happened to me every time i've been clouded out when i've taken vacations specifically for astronomy purposes
0: that's how it goes the, the best one is always a christmas break because i always get an extended you know two-week period off and uh you know it's nice and cold to get all the winter objects orion i've in the six years i've been doing astrophotography i've never i don't think i've ever got one clear night in that two-week period over christmas break
1: or if, you, or if you do, it's like minus 30 outside with a, a wicked wind coming through.
0: Oh, that's never stopped me
1: before. Oh, okay. <laughs> Braver man than I. <laughs>
0: yeah, just obsessed.
1: That's great. So I, I think that that's a good introduction to filters. If anybody has any uh, any questions um, or, or comments, uh, hit us up on uh, uh, on Facebook or astrobackyard.com is trevor's website uh he's always accepting emails um you can also contact us through ontariotelescope.com um and we'll we'll answer your questions and help out anyone who's who's got questions asked that's right okay what do what are we uh on on our next next time that we're you'll be listening to us we're going to cover off couple of galaxies co- targets and how to how to image them um uh something for beginners and something for the more advanced intermediate uh crowd out there that that definitely want to challenge and we should have that available to you in a week's time so we look forward to recording that one as well sure do okay well clear skies everyone trevor till next time
0: take care